2: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, And the certificates are worth uh, over $100. So it's kind of a nice little gift that we're giving away here. And uh, as I introduce our guest, it's kind of interesting because uh, today's trivia theme just coincidentally happens to be basketball movies. And our t- our guest today is Dan Leikowitz of Encore Real Estate Investment Services. And actually, the title of this episode that Dan came up with, not knowing what the trivia question is, is nothing but net. And we'll figure out what that means because it it, it fits right into our theme. I'm going to read a little bit of what Dan gave me of his uh, background here. First of all, uh, well, before we do, okay, let me go ahead and do that. All right. Um, So Dan is a seasoned real estate veteran with over 15 years of experience in many facets of the real estate industry, starting his career house hacking, he quickly moved on to flip flip houses in and around Metro Detroit and eventually created a company called Renaissance Real Estate Ventures which specializes in the acquisition, financing, renovation and resale of single family resident residential properties in the booming city of Detroit, Michigan before forming Uh, joining, uh, before forming, joining uh, Encore Real Estate Investment Services as senior director. Dan was a senior advisor at Fortis Net Lease, specializing in commercial real estate investment sales. He's also a former business development executive for Amazon in Detroit, Michigan. And currently he's a senior director of Encore Real Estate Investment Services, specializing in shopping centers, medical office buildings, pharmacies, quick service restaurants, and automated automotive, excuse me, repair and part stores. Hey, Dan, welcome to uh, The Best of Investing. How are you?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great and I really appreciate uh, you having me today. I'm excited to be here. Uh,
2: yeah, no, this is this is terrific because you, you have quite a, uh, a background in uh, different aspects of, of real estate and uh, it's interesting because the, the title of this episode uh, that you came up actually was uh, Nothing But Net and uh, that explain what that means. Ooh.
1: Yeah, so nothing but net obviously has a basketball connotations, which I am a basketball fan, especially in my earlier years. Uh, but in regards to you know what, what we're going to discuss and, and what I do, the net here is a reference to triple net properties, right? So I am a, a, a net lease investment sales broker, which means that I sell properties that are typically leased out to national tenants on long-term leases. And in many cases, they're what's called absolute triple net leases. Where the landlord has zero responsibilities, the tenant takes care of everything, including the roof, the structure, the uh, insurance payments, the taxes, everything, management. So so those are called net lease investment properties. So I thought that it might be a little clever or cute to call the title of this episode, Nothing But Net.
2: Yeah, and you didn't know that our theme was going to be basketball movies. I thought that was kind of neat. So it's interesting. I'm I'm, uh, familiar with triple net, uh, which is typically the insurance, real estate taxes, and, and maintenance but usually there's sort of a, an out with regard to the roof and the building uh, if, for replacement. But you're telling me that these absolute nets cover everything. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I use
1: the, the term absolute triple net because of this issue that is kind of going on here between you and I. So yeah. on the West Coast of the country, for some reason, they, they, they being the investment community and the brokers often refer to you know triple net deals as deals that you referenced, right, which have responsibilities on the landlord behalf for roof and structure, but really that's that's called a double net deal. So in a, a double net deal is the same thing as a triple net deal. However, the roof structure and sometimes the parking, depending on how the lease is written, are the landlord's responsibilities. So in order to avoid this like East Coast, West Coast, you know, this, you know, New York Knicks, uh, you know, yeah. LA Lakers rivalry, so to speak, I like to refer to triple, the, what we call triple net, as absolute triple net, because yeah. then you guys understand that's <clears throat> what that is, and we understand that's what Absolutely. that is, and we're on the same, you know, on the same page.
2: No, I, I like that term because it, that actually is a lot clearer when you when you say absolute triple net, because because sometimes there's always that question. Well, is this really the landlord's uh, responsibility? And then you know, especially right. like for what I've seen here on the West Coast, would be uh, let's say if you're putting on a new roof, uh, it's supposed to last you know 25 years. Technically, you, you would amortize that over the period of the lease from the standpoint that, you know, if, if, if a, a tenant, let's say, has – well, let's, let's say it's a – let's say the, the, the roof is supposed to last 30 years and the tenant has yeah. 15 years to go. Well, technically, they would only pay for half the roof. That's one way to do it. Right.
1: <clears throat> and, that, and that's more – we see that more in, in uh, multi-tenant retail properties where, you know, there's a higher turnover Um, of tenants where the leases, you know, indicate that exactly as you said, if there's a piece of equipment like the, you know, the RTU, the rooftop unit for the HVAC, um, if that goes, and there's a certain number of years left, it's amortized. So the tenant isn't quote unquote paying for something that they're not going to be using. But in, in, in every single triple net lease I've seen, you know, it doesn't matter if the tenant is occupying the building and there's a roof needed, they have to pay for it even if they're near the end of their term, which is something that's nice. And it actually, it comes up often. I mean,
2: I'm doing a deal right now in Michigan where there's a... Hey, Dan, I, I'm sorry. I just looked at the, my clock here. <laughs> we don't even have time for the trivia question now. We're going to save that trivia question for the next segment. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, along with my special guest, Dan Lakewitz. Uh, And uh, Dan, I'm sorry, I had to cut you off for the uh, break, but go ahead and continue on.
1: Yeah, so in in this example, you know, we've got a property that has four years left on the term, and uh, we have a a high likelihood of the tenant uh, leaving for for various reasons that we're not going to get into right now. Um, But a new buyer is going to buy the property and, and go to CVS. CVS has not really been maintaining the roof and structure and the parking lot of the property per their okay. lease. And he's going to go there, you know, towards the end of the lease term and say, hey, you know, CBS, you got to fix these things. It's it's written in the lease. CBS will probably put up a little bit of a fight, but hopefully this new owner will get a brand new roof and a brand new parking lot. And then when CBS vacates, they're going to have the advantage. They're going to be able to take advantage of that. So that's one of the nice things is that the tenant is obligated to keep your building in tip-top shape, even if they're headed out of it.
2: Yeah, I know one thing that's been kind of interesting, uh, again, on the West Coast, uh, on that double net versus triple net is if you're going to do like for a roof, are you replacing the roof or are you just repairing it? Yeah, because I mean, obviously, if you complete tear down, a tear out uh, is a, a complete replacement. But sometimes, you know, you can just repair the roof in such a way that right it's major, but it's not re- it's actually not replacing it.
1: So these are the perfect example of potential points of contention between tenant and landlord.
2: Yeah, I just wonder in the West Coast if we could, you know, we usually use, I think it's a state like the standard industrial lease. uh, one. I wonder, and and they're triple net. uh, But I wonder if you can actually like put it, I guess you could just make an addendum in there. And and change it. So this. I mean, is you a- can
1: really. It could be anything. A, yeah. is a, a lot of leases. That's why, like, it's important. You know, as a broker, our role is very important because very rarely are our two leases the same. Um, you know, so if you're, you know, entering into an agreement with a tenant, you could actually have your lawyer or yourself, you know, draft up a lease agreement. And you yeah. know, I would often. That's why it's so important to work with professionals because. You know, like if you're in negotiation, don't just take that standard lease that the, the, the corporate tenant is giving you. Send it to your lawyer. See if there's things that can be added or changed to protect you. Or like in your, in your perfect example, wouldn't you as a landlord rather have a lease that spells out in the event of a roof leak, the roof needs to be replaced, not just repaired? You know, something like that to take away that ambiguity that could potentially, you know, be a negative to you.
2: Yeah, because it's kind of interesting with these triple net leases where, Uh, forgetting forgetting the double net versus triple net you know like certain things that are maintenance uh you know here's an example if if i feel like the building needs to be painted well what if i decide it needs to be gold leaf such and such and it's you know 10 million dollars to paint the building because you know in theory the the, well and that's kind of ridiculous That's, that's way out the mark but uh, let, yeah, but most of the
1: leases, you know, state the actual, like, you'd be surprised, they'll state all the way down to like the actual like Sherwin Williams color that needs to be used. It's yeah. all pretty standard. So like situations like that, thankfully, we don't have to worry about too much. Um, but you know, there are you know, your example of the roof was was a great example.
2: Okay, well, well thanks. Let's uh, first, um, before we get to a break, uh, describe your journey as a real estate professional. What what's your, Give us your background how that happened.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, I was always interested in real estate. You know, my father's an entrepreneur; he's a pharmacist, owns pharmacies in Detroit. I remember as a kid going with him. He was looking into real estate investments, and just like you know, driving to a property, and he explained to me like like I was like, "Why would you buy this building?" And he's like, "Well, it's got a this tenant paying rent and this tenant paying rent, and in the back, you see that cell phone tower; they're paying rent also." So huh. it's always interesting to me this whole concept of like real estate investment. And I really first got you know involved. Um, I would say like when, when my when my you know in real estate investment took off, my career took off is you know when um, I was looking for my first home. This was during the last recession, and uh, you know I found a property that was um, you know move in ready, good to go. Uh, you know made an offer on it. it, was hemming and hawing if I wanted you know what I wanted to do, and then I, I realized that just a few streets over there were some bank owned properties. And I approached the bank and I was able to buy an identical property in far worse condition for about, I don't know, 35 or 40% 40 of the price, renovated the property. And now I had this beautiful, you know, quote unquote brand new property that I loved um, and that made sense. And I really had this kind of like light bulb that went off in my head of, you know, hey, this is a great opportunity to take something, add some value to it, and then have it be worth more than the sum of the parts. That really got me in, involved in a journey of house flipping, which is, you know, how I got my start. Uh, I would buy properties in, 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 you know, from tax auctions or foreclosure sales um, or direct from owners, renovate them and resell them. And, you know, that really got me interested in real estate investing in real estate as a whole. And eventually with some stops on the on the way in corporate America, places like Amazon. Um, I wound up, uh, you know, in brokerage and I've just loved every minute of it. I've loved, you know, just building a business and building clientele and helping people doing deals and having a good time and helping people make a lot of money.
2: Very good. Tell you what, we're going to uh, cut to another break. We, and, and when we come back, uh, let's see here. Uh, we, we've got some good questions uh, Now we've already talked about what a net lease is, Uh why buy real estate? We haven't cut cut into that yet. And uh, your thoughts on the current commercial real estate market, that's going to be really interesting to talk about. Okay. We're going to cut actually to our commercial break. This is going to actually be our first trivia question. We usually do it the week before. And again, um, Dan, if you know the answer, don't say anything until we get back. So uh, first commercial trivia question is, which 2006 movie told the story of Texas Western College winning the nineteen sixty six NCAA national basketball championship. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see if you know who whose team got beat, a very famous now coach. Actually, I think he's retired now. Uh, And what Texas Western turned out, uh, they changed their name. Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Also want to make a quick mention here, uh, Stung tribute band for the police. Instead of Sting, they call it Stung. Uh, Go to StungLive.com and check out where they're going to be playing. All right. Again, when we come back, uh, we, our, our special guest is Dan Leikowitz, uh who knows quite a lot about uh, real estate, various aspects. You've done re- retail, commercial, um, multifamily, and you look like a young guy. The audience can't see you on the radio, but you look like a young guy. So that's that's pretty cool. You got all that experience. Again, we're going to ask the trivia question here uh, where the winner wins the tanning certificate. Uh, which 2006 movie told the story of a tech, of Texas Western College winning the NCAA 1966 basketball national basketball championship? All right, let's see if you know the answer to that. Stay with us. You're listening to the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back.
0: You're listening to the best of investing with your host Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
2: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Dan Leikowitz. Our first trivia question, which 2006 movie told the story of Texas Western College winning the 1966 NCAA National Basketball Championship? Any idea, Dan? Glory Road. Glory Road. Very good. Very good movie. And uh, do you know what they call Texas Western now? What would it, would it change its name to? I...
1: I think he's in like University of Texas, El Paso. Yeah,
2: to UTEP. Exactly. And uh, the team that they beat, I think it was, um, I, th- I think it was Kentucky, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, it was uh, uh, Pat Riley. He was, he, and he was a very, very good basketball. A lot of people just know him as a coach, but he was a very good basketball player. All right. Uh, yeah, he so was.
1: We- he, he, so he he was the not only the New York Knicks uh, head coach, but he was the inspiration for my hairstyle
2: yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) that's true so for the audience i'm looking at a younger pat riley that is so funny all right so let's uh in fact i want to get right into this question here um what are your thoughts on the current commercial real estate market because it seems like office is really getting hit hard especially out in the major cities like new york and san francisco go ahead
1: Yes, yeah, so I get asked this question all the time as a commercial real estate broker, and also as a, as a guest on a lot of podcasts. And uh-huh. you know, the commercial real estate market right now, um, it's being hit by a lot of factors, like a lot of variables that are coming in and, and really shaking it up. And 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 what's interesting is is that you know most of these variables are are human created or institutionally created, right? Commercial real estate market's been on fire for the last almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, I feel like we we were. We, you know, back in 1819, we were talking about how like we've reached the end of the runway, or there's maybe a little bit more runway, or you know, if if a, if, the, if a, a real estate-friendly administration is elected, things will continue. Yeah. It felt like we were at the top, and then COVID came, right? Yeah. And we had about three, four months of 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 a market volume decrease, and then boom, things just took off. Anything yeah. that was an essential retailer, like your quick service restaurants, your your tire stores, right, your grocery stores, things that I specialized in. Those things, the cap rates, you know, went way down and the values went way up. And that's continued and continued and continued. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, starting in March of 2022, as everyone knows, we have this this, uh, uh, massive, uh, you know, war on inflation, you know, that the Fed has been on, right? Raising rates at 75 basis points at a time. And, And, you know, if you zoom out and look at it, over a period of less than 13 months, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rates. The federal funds rate was raised from near zero to 500 basis points, right? 5%. So they raised interest rates in in, in not even 13 months, 5%, which is, that's cataclysmic. That speed is so fast. And that did impact our industry. It did make kind of like a disjointed market between buyers and sellers because things shifted so quickly. What I will tell you from a broker perspective is that I'm hustling, I'm hustling hard, I'm finding deals, I'm listing properties, I'm closing deals because that's, that's what I have to do. Is the market slower? Absolutely. Is there a bigger disconnect between sellers and buyers? Absolutely. What will happen moving forward? Well, listen, it's really anyone's guess, but what I think is that once the Fed evens out these interest rate hikes and goes, let's say, for a period of six to nine months without major interest rate changes, Uh then I think the market is gonna stabilize. And, And I do believe that we are in a very healthy commercial real estate market overall. And that's evidenced by the fact that we still are transacting despite everything that's gone on, despite these changes, these artificial changes in things like interest rates. So once rates stabilize, I believe commercial real estate will continue to do well. Now, as you uh, alluded to, um, Edward, there are certain sectors that have been in trouble. I mean, it doesn't take much of a drive in any major city to see a tremendous amount of vacancy in old outdated uh, you know, office buildings that are going to be very difficult to repurpose without a full scrape, just because of their construction and their configuration. However, that's opportunity. You know, I, I look at, at, at things like, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond. They just declared bankruptcy yeah. two days ago. Uh-huh. That's opportunity for other retailers and other developers who want to come in there and backfill those spaces. So you know, I see I'm overall actually,
2: health. I was going to say that. I've actually heard that, that uh, like in San Francisco, they're thinking about taking some of these vacancies in the office and turning them somehow into uh, um, residential. Yes
1: it's being done. I listen, it's being done. I mean, there are, I could send you articles on different incredible developments. I mean, they've taken former Kmart, you know, headquarters and turned them into mixed use properties with multifamily and office and retail, you know, there's a lot of adaptive reuse going on. So, you know, don't be surprised to see some interesting things over the next few years.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, Very good. Um, We're going to be cutting to another break here pretty soon. When we come back, uh, want you to answer a question: uh, What are the most important things a commercial real estate investor should do? That's a very good question, especially now. Uh, you, you know, with, with all these people working from home, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think I'll, I think the wave is going to turn back again because employers are, are there. Aren't they already starting to ask people to come back to work?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely mandates from large major employers. The the tide is definitely pushing in the direction of of work from work, not work from home, and not even, you know, a hybrid model. So, you know, everything follows the big, the big players and the big players of uh, many of them have already said that they they are mandating, you know, office attendance.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's our next trivia question here. we're talking basketball movies samuel l jackson starred in a 2004 movie about a high school coach in california actually not too far from where we live here uh actually it was in richmond california who benched his entire team and canceled games because of their poor academic performances of the players which movie was this do you know this one Ah, Dan does know this one. Okay, very good. All right. Uh, uh, first caller with the correct answer uh, calling 888 912 1190 will win the tanning certificate, which is worth, again, over $100. I'll ask it one more time. Samuel L. Jackson starred in this uh, 2004 movie about a high school coach in California who benched his entire team and canceled games because of the poor academic performances of the players. What movie are we talking about? Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. Don't touch that dial.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 8:60 a.m. The Answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 8:60 a.m. The Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Dan Leakowitz. Uh, second trivia question, Samuel L. Jackson starred in a 2004 movie about a high school coach in California who benched his entire team and canceled games because of the poor academic performances of the players. What movie are we talking about? Go ahead, Dan. Coach Carter. Coach Carter, yeah. another. another very good and movie I, think, I think that was 2005. Really? yeah okay well the, 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 it could be um the uh when i when I looked up the question it said two thousand and four, but uh, yeah, we'll have to look it up again it's, uh we, we won't uh penalize people if they don't know the the uh, year, but uh, the answer coach Carter, uh, that's what we're looking for okay, so uh Dan, I, before we forget because sometimes I forget to do this um uh, in time, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions about commercial real estate?
1: So I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can find me there. You can you know follow me and send me a message. My first name is Dan. Last name is Lukowitz, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z. Again, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z. Uh, additionally, uh, if you want to reach out directly, you can uh, call me on my cell phone, which is 248-943-2838. Again, 248-943-2838. If you want to talk about real estate, uh, if you have a deal, you just want an extra set of eyes on, or if you have property, you want to evaluate it, please, by all means, reach out. I'm happy to help and provide value.
2: And uh, let me ask you, because you're in Detroit, right? How, yeah, Metro how, Detroit, yes. Metro. So how, how is, I, I mean, I know Detroit, you know, everyone's got this stigma of Detroit and Cleveland and all that. And I understand, you know, Cleveland's been kind of up and coming. How is the Detroit market, both residential and uh, non-residential?
0: So the su-
1: suburban Detroit, you know, outside of the actual city of Detroit, I think it's a great market. The residential prices have really risen over the last, you know, I mean, they've risen for the last 12, 13 years, but but significantly, even more significantly so over the last three or four years. Um, commercial market is definitely strong. You know, as a net lease broker, one of my advantages is that I do work nationwide. So I list property all over the state and all over the country, which is great. Um, you know, I think that, you know, ultimately I tell people I've, I've given classes on on, you know, how to... How to underwrite and how to select a specific, uh, you know, property. I always tell people that the the demographics, the underlying fundamentals of the real estate, you know, the proximity to, to other national retailers, the traffic counts, the ingress, the egress, the tenant, all that to me is far more important than the actual market, right? The actual market plays a role, but I'd rather have a, a you know, an A plus located, you know, strong yeah. franchisee guarantee, good access, high traffic counts, high visibility property you know, in a lesser market that, than something that doesn't have those qualities in, in a quote-unquote stronger market.
2: Okay. And by the way, on a personal level, are you a big Lions fan?
1: You know, I, I actually never was into football ever in my okay. life. And then my father-in-law is a big football fan. So when, when we go over to his house, he was very close. We started watching like Michigan games and lion games. Yeah, and right. I really got into college football this year for the first oh, time. Yeah. Like I'm a guy that hated football. But I gave it a chance. I'm like, oh, this is kind of
2: cool. Well, yeah, my uh, uh, um, daughter-in-law uh, comes from Ann Arbor, and
1: uh, oh, very uh, nice. And, and yeah, then, it's actually nice. the reason
2: I mentioned the Lions is because uh, Jared Goff actually grew up literally a few miles from from where I live. Uh, and oh, the, did he really? The, uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, he obviously made his name in Cal, and then at the at the, the Rams, and then uh, he kind of turned Detroit uh, Lions around a little bit there. Good.
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like Lions fans deserve some kind of victory. Like we almost made it into the playoffs this year, you know, but but like
2: yeah,
1: the, the Lions fans are like the epitome of the symbol of hope. Yeah. You've got fans that are diehard fans, have been rooting for team, you know, an institution that's been just terrible for so many years. I they deserve the victory. We deserve the victory. Well so, it used to be the, know, and to, that's to the football the way they, powers that be.
2: Well that's that's the way uh, the Chicago Cubs used to be until they finally won. Uh but uh I mean, I I remember when I was a kid, the Lions actually were a pretty good team. Um,
1: yeah, you
2: know, yeah, um, I, yes. The guys like Alex Not, I mean, the, yeah, right, like I mean uh, uh, Bobby Lane was before my time, but uh, uh, they, they had some pretty – uh, and then the best uh, uh, running back of all time. I mean, I used to love O.J. Simpson. And then when Barry Sanders came along, uh, it was like, he you was know, amazing. as good as O.J. was, Barry Sanders – I mean, he was – just he was like a magician he
1: was fun to watch yeah
2: oh my gosh no doubt and for for those younger fans out there go ahead and look at uh, barry sanders highlights i wish he would have stayed in a little bit longer to get the the last record uh that he just didn't uh, play that last year he would yeah gotten... i know okay so the most important things um and in fact we should talk about because we we uh my old company foreclosed on a resort in, the, in uh uh, like a campground resort, I don't know if you handle those sort of things, but that's uh, a special.
1: I did sell some resorts uh, recently in in Traverse City, Michigan. So yeah, I can definitely uh, help. Uh,
2: okay, we'll talk about that. All right, uh, let's see here. We got another minute that we can talk about. So, was there anything else that you wanted to cover uh, before we get to another break?
1: I mean, I, I'm open for for anything that uh, you know you think would be of value to your listeners.
2: Okay. So in looking at the commercial real estate, uh, A, you know, we all know about location. That's, that's always going to be important. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've owned a building since 1994 and I have a low basis in it. And, and we've, ta- you know, we've, as a family, we've talked about what to do with the building. But I, I, the thing is, if I sell it, I'm going to have to pay too much in taxes. And if I try to 1031 exchange it, I'm going to have to learn a new building. Whereas this building I know fairly well. So it's kind of a- That's true.
1: I mean, yeah. it, there, there, there's there's trade-offs. I mean, what I'll tell you is you probably have a substantial amount of equity built up in the building that yeah. you could then deploy, especially if you use leverage. And you can buy something that's not hard to quote unquote learn, you know, like a, maybe a single tenant deal or a couple single tenant deals yeah. where you, you're much more, you know, hands-off, you know, in terms of <laughs> your ownership, that could be a potential exit. Yeah, that's
2: no, something something to think about. Okay. Uh we're gonna cut to our last uh trivia question here. We're talking basketball movies. And you are a basketball fan, right? I guess you that's you've got to That's it. right. Yeah. Of course your pistons didn't do too well this year, did they? Let's no,
1: but listen, I'm I'm like you know, I grew up with the bad boys, so it's like oh, oh, you, anything yeah. that happens okay. oh. today. I was gonna is, say,
2: I don't know how old you are, but uh yeah, I mean uh when they when they had uh, actually when Dennis Rodman was there and, and Lam Beer, he was the guy everybody loved to hate.
1: Lamb Beer, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, yeah. 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 yeah I actually it. actually ran a basketball camp when I was younger and oh. uh Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumar sent their sons there, so they would come hang out at the camp. It was really cool. Very As a cool kid ball. to see those guys was so cool.
2: That's awesome. All right, our third trivia question. Will Ferrell played, and now – actually, I did not see this movie. Uh, Will Ferrell played a singer who used the profits earned by his only hit single to purchase a basketball team. What 2008 basketball movie was this? All right, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins the tanning certificate. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Listening to the best of investing on eight sixty AM. The answer, once again, your host Edward Brown.
2: Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest Dan Likowitz, and our third trivia question: Will Ferrell played a singer who used the profits earned by his only hit single to purchase a basketball team. What two thousand eight basketball movie are we talking about?
1: Wasn't that called like? Semi-professional? Semi-pro. Semi-pro. Very
2: good. Three for three. Good job, Dan. All right. Um, So we've got a few more minutes before we have to cut out for today. So uh, can you give us some tips for the audience?
1: Yeah, I think we were talking off off the the camera here about, you know, uh, for investors in terms of tips that they should uh, consider uh, when purchasing commercial real estate. And, you know, I would say like number one, is stick to your fundamentals, whatever those are, whatever your principles are, whatever your investment guidelines are, stick to them. Don't try to make a deal work. The second yeah. you try to make a deal work that, you, you know, because you want it to work, but it doesn't really work. That's the emotions getting involved. And we, we really want to stay away from that as commercial real estate investors. Um, I think number two is never be shy about getting another set of eyes on a deal. Like I always tell my clients, I don't care if you find a deal off market from a friend, If you want to show it to me and just get my opinion, I'm always happy to tell you what I think because, you know, two sets of eyes are always better than one. There are nuances in leases and in, in, you know, in in rent rules and P&Ls that some person might not pick up on and the other one, you know, will. So it's very important. And I would say like it's it's another piece of advice is make sure that you have solid uh, professional advisors in your network. And that means people like CPAs, you know, attorneys, Um, um, commercial real estate brokers, very, very important. And that's one of the things that I do for people is that in addition to my underwriting and analysis and and marketing and, and, you know, deal negotiation, et cetera, is I'm a resource, right? So when my clients or people reach out to me and they say, Dan, I I need an attorney, but I need this type of an attorney, or I need a CPA, I need this type of a CPA. I have people that I work with on a day-to-day basis that I can make referrals to. So it's so important to have people like that in your network who can help you and provide value.
2: Yeah. Did you get involved or what do you think about cost segregation? That's a fairly somewhat new, you know, the last few years type of thing where basically you just, it's its a way to accelerate the depreciation, I guess. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, commercial real estate uh, depreciates, most forms of commercial real estate, by the way, something like a ground lease, which uh, is essentially, you know, ownership of the ground and not the building
2: yeah. that sits upon it.
1: There's no depreciation there because the IRS allows you to depreciate building, but not ground. Yeah. So you know, most forms of commercial real estate can be are depreciated on a set schedule, and as you alluded to, Edward, that can be accelerated through cost segregation. So you know, my experience from what I from what I know, you know, if you own a property that's worth more than a million or a million and a half, it's probably worth doing a cost segregation study because there is an expense involved. To see, you know, if it makes sense to, um, you know, do some accelerated depreciation. Um, but yeah, it's some, it's a tool that our clients use all the time. Um, and uh, and it's definitely something to consider.
2: I think I think I've owned my building too long. It doesn't make sense for me now.
1: <laughs> oh, it could be. Yeah, How long yeah. have you owned it?
2: Since ninety four. So, you know, that's uh, you wanted, oh, 30, about 30 years. 30 yeah. years and it's and since it's uh, a yeah, yeah, 39 30 schedule, so uh yeah, I'm kind of running out exactly. of depreciation. I got I got I got to invent some more. Um so Dan, uh Likowicz, again give out your information one more time. You got your you're a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate you being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It's, it's my pleasure. So again, my, my my information, Dan Lukowitz, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z, again, L-E-W-K-O-W-I-C-Z, very active on LinkedIn. You can connect to me, reach out to me there, send me a message, or give me a call on my cell phone at 248-943-2838, again, 248-943-2838.
2: And I apologize, I should have pronounced it Lukowitz instead of Likowitz. Pro I apologize for that. All good. That probably happens. Okay, you ready for our thoughts for the day? So a guy tried to sell me a coffin. <laughs> That's the last thing I need. And uh, my wife threatened to leave me because uh, of my filthy, disgusting habits. I was so shocked I nearly choked on my toenails. (laughs) Uh Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. That's a bad one. Okay. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long.
0: You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM.